today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Lots to talk with Michael Tobe about. Troy Media syndicated columnist and contributor to the Washington Times, former speechwriter for uh, Stephen Harper. Uh, the Department of Global Affairs pushing back against uh, a decision last year by Canada's top soldier to cut back interactions with the China's People Liberation, or sorry, with China's People's Liberation Army. We're going to touch on that, but I also want to get his uh, his take on where we are with vaccinations as well. Michael, thank you so much for the time. Glad you're doing well. And all my pleasure, Scott. Hold on, I just have to pour. I heard that earlier. There. <laughs> That's it. You're ready to go now. All right. You know, Michael, we've heard through the 39 weeks I'm counting now of this pandemic, uh, certainly um, not so much now, but but in the midpoint and and so on about mixed messaging. And I was really defending the politicians a a lot of the time through this mixed messaging, uh, saying that, you know, it is a fluid situation just because the message changes from day to day. It doesn't mean it's mixed. It means it's a fluid situation. So I was kind of sticking up for the politicians there on uh, whether provincially federally whatever but you know when we see what has transpired here with the prime minister and you know i i don't i don't mean to be beating a dead horse here and we should all be very happy and positive that this new, new vaccination is has been approved and is on the way but let's remember this was all created by the Prime Minister, all of this firestorm, about two weeks ago when he came out and said we would not be getting our vaccinations with the rest of the world because we simply don't make them anymore. So that was his position a couple of weeks ago. And then from there it was, well, you know, once the firestorm started, well, we have to wait for approval. We just don't approve anything here in Canada. We have our very own uh, stringent regulations and guidelines to follow, which we, we do, and we always do. So then it was somehow the the introduction of the idea that this could be slowed down because of the approval process and then of course uh, the uk has their announcement and what have you and then all of a sudden it's announced as well that uh, canada is going to get a wee shipment of uh of, of doses of the pfizer vaccine prior to christmas completely contradicting that initial firestorm and then yeah. shortly after that uh, within a day after the uk starting their mass uh, inoculation uh, then all of a sudden we become the second in the world to approve this. So again, um, you know, I've, I've been defending the government on mixed messaging here, but this has got me absolutely frustrated here, uh, Michael, because it appears either he's playing games with us and trying to uh, under-promise and oversell, or he just has no idea what's going on here and we're flying by the seat of our pants. But nobody seems to be picking up on this flip-flopping of messaging in the last two weeks, which all started with the Prime Minister. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, unfortunately, it's often the latter with Trudeau more than the former. Because Again, that's a partisan statement, but honestly, I just don't think this man is in complete control or even partial control of the way certain things operate. And as we've seen with various issues that have come out, including another one we'll probably be talking about today, it, you know, his messaging is one, you know, coming out of one side of his mouth and then out of the other side is something completely different. But the... Um, the synopsis that you created and the storyline you created for uh, for the va- for the Pfizer vaccine and how it did and didn't and did and didn't and finally did come out, you're right. The whole thing is actually rather preposterous to the point where a lot of Canadians, no matter where you stand on the political spectrum or even if you are on the political spectrum, you're just scratching your head with saying, well, how could there be this much messaging? As you said, 
I've also been defending not the, only the federal government, but provincial governments when it comes to mixed messaging, because this is a very fluid situation. It does change day by day, and there are a lot of things and a lot of different factors that affect the number of active cases, deaths, uh, the various vaccines in play, including some of the trials that were taken. And we know that, obviously, when it comes to Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca, who are the, basically the three leaders, of which Pfizer and Moderna will get most of in North America, and AstraZeneca will primarily be, I would think, Europe, Southeast Asia, etc. Um, I think what's really happened is people are looking at these numbers, they're looking occasionally at some of the companies saying that, you know, the demand is so high and production levels have to be dropped. I believe it was Pfizer who said they had to cut their, if I'm not mistaken, their production level by half. And I think that sort of set off a bit of a firestorm. But when you look at all of it, you know, people are speculating a couple things. One, the fact that 249,000 um, doses are coming into Canada, which, by the way, does not mean a quarter of a million people are going to be vaccinated. That's, remember, it's a two-dose system, yeah. which means that that serum most likely will be given to 124,500 people. That's how many will get it. Extremely small. I mean, better than nothing for sure, but extremely small. But you're right, two weeks ago, it looked like we were going to get nothing. And then the discussion was into March of 2021. Then suddenly it goes into September of 2021. Then there were even comments that, no, 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 there will be a portion of the Canadian population that won't get it until 2022. And you wonder why people are so confused by this. And you wonder why the opposition parties have asked to see the contracts that the Trudeau government has signed with Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, and others, to see what's there, to try to figure out what the window, the timeline was, and how all this bloody confusion started in the first place. I mean, I have lots of speculation, I'm sure you do, but we don't know if any of it's right, because unfortunately this government will not be transparent, they will not come clean as to why this is happening, and certainly one or two bumps in the road, or a couple of those hurdles, based on what you discussed there, that would be expected, even if the timeline just changed a little teeny bit. These are wild shifts back and forth to the point that, yes, we now know that we're going to get a small number of doses. Yes, there will be more into March. And what they're now suggesting, or at least the Trudeau government is saying, is that most of our population, that is the Canadian population, will be vaccinated by September 2021. You can understand where some people are saying, well, that sounds nice on the surface, but is that really going to happen? Or simply saying, I just don't believe them. And, you know, Aaron O'Toole, leader of the Conservatives, in my mind, isn't helping this either by, you know, barking for weeks that we're last in line, we're last in line, we're last in line. Clearly, we are not last in line. I mean, why don't they refocus that message and at least let the government trip over their own messaging as opposed to providing incorrect messaging of their own? Well, look, I mean, part of the, the the role of an opposition party is to oppose. So obviously you create messaging that benefits yourself and hurts the government. I agree with you that right now, having said that, it obviously doesn't work very well and doesn't make much sense. We were never necessarily at the end of the line, but for a while it seemed like we were pretty close to it. I mean, remember when you and I, for example, were talking a few weeks ago, and I'm pretty sure I said on your show, I know that I certainly said it on others, I made the point that my God, Mexico is going to get the it's going to get the vaccines yeah. before we are. Mm -hmm. Like something just didn't make sense. You know, then you start wondering, 
you know, is this have anything to do with the, the White House and their, and their relationship with various countries? Is that part of it? Or do these drug companies make better deals with Mexico than they did with Canada? And this is not slamming Mexico as a country, who obviously their population needs the vaccine just as much as ours does. It just didn't make sense. And it seems so illogical when, as you may remember, Ontario Premier Doug Ford and his government came out and announced they're going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of, I forget, four to six million vials or, or basically doses that were coming into our country by about March. And then the federal government comes marching in the same day and said, no, we never said anything like that. We don't have that sort of number. There's clearly been, the lines of communication have clearly been either hurt, destroyed, or eradicated to some extent for, during a period of time, or more, more worrisome, Justin Trudeau's arrangement, or that being the Trudeau liberal government's arrangement, was not as set and as strong as we thought it was before. That yes, they repurchased or pre-purchased all these vaccines. Yes, these doses were, were set and ready from all the different companies like every other country around the world and every other government has done because you have to set these things up. But that basically the whole schematic might have been set up, but the schedule was unclear. Something clearly went wrong. And it probably was a series of things that went wrong. Whether we find out what they were or not is another issue. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. All right, let's move on to uh, this Globe and Mail uh, article. Uh, Government documents seen by the Globe and Mail and marked secret for the Canadian or for Canadian eyes only show that officials at the highest levels uh, of global affairs were alarmed when General Jonathan Vance, chief of defense staff, has canceled uh, winter military exercises with the People's Liberation Army of China back in uh, 2019. Uh, First of all, um, why were they canceled? And second, why are we doing this anyway? Sure, exactly. Now, to be fair, not to, not to create an argument, Rebel News and the Globe and Mail both discussed this around the same time yesterday. So I don't know necessarily who had the scoop. I saw it first on Rebel, but then I also saw the Globe thing floating around. My sense is that a number of places may have actually tried to get these documents from from the, from the organization or from Ottawa, and for that reason, a lot of weird things came into play around the same time. But nevertheless, no matter where it started from, the whole story is macabre. It really is, from start to finish. I mean, to believe that the Canadian government actually invited Chinese military troops to train on a Canadian base in Petawawa, to train them basically in sort of like winter-type fighting. So basically you're training, if you don't want to call them an enemy, a pretty strong rival right now that we've had. And this was all done during the time, and this is what's baffling about it, that the two Michaels were sitting in China in death camps. Hmm. And the federal government knew it at all those times. In fact, both Rebel and the Global Mail have also shown through these documents through Corporate Affairs Canada, or Global, sorry, Global Affairs Canada, they, the 34-page document, they directly show that there were also Chinese officials, including ministers, who went to China to celebrate with this government various affairs. And sure, you can say that, well, you have to maintain the lines of communication. Absolutely. But not when you have Canadian citizens who are stuck now. I think today is the day, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. two years in total. They had been there, and now we find out, actually directly from Global News, so kudos to them, 
we found out that apparently they actually were tried. There was a jury trial in China at some point. I don't know when. I don't believe the the Global News article knew it either. But now we know that they actually were tried, and, well, now they're being held in the jail cell. There's no question about that. But that's what's so maddening about it. And I don't care who you vote for, who you support. You could support the conservatives like me. You could support the liberal government, the NDP, the Greens. It is not logical that we are training communist China's military troops on a Canadian base, a Canadian base, while people are sitting in death camps fighting for their lives. That is a complete, that's not only complete nonsense, it's disgusting. And honest to God, if the liberal, federal liberal government doesn't come out and explain every bloody nook and cranny of this, why would anyone in their right mind support them in the next federal election? It just seems odd that we're, you know, debating whether to uh, use the 5G, their 5G network or not. Yet we're training them militarily. That just seems very bizarre. Uh, in regard to the two Michaels, uh, th- there was a story earlier today in, rev- in involving whether they had been tried or not, but I understand that that had been debunked and that is, in fact, false. It was some sort of translation error. Oh, you're kidding. Okay, yeah. well, no, I, I apologize. I've been out. Yeah, no, it, it, it just, it literally came out just uh, an hour or so ago that, oh. that, yeah, apparently lost in the translation somehow uh, was that situation. But what do we know about the two Michaels again? Um, not a lot, that's for sure. So let me ask you this. We've certainly seen the Prime Minister uh, torque up his language uh, towards China in the last uh, couple of weeks. You know, he, he's, you know, we're not going to be pushed around. We're not going to have this. We're going to, you know, we're going to stand up to China, blah, blah, blah. Has his tone towards China changed? Or is this all just smoke and mirrors while all this other stuff goes on uh, behind closed doors? Because clearly they're closer to this country than what they're letting on in public. Exactly. What is the name? Uh, I just forgot. I believe it's Nelson the Simpsons. Whatever. This is unfair. Yeah. Exactly. This is exactly what I really feel about that. It's nice to talk tough at this stage, but when you have stories much like the one we discussed. And the fact that they're, you know, the two Michaels are still sitting in these death camps. And we've had reports from either the Globe and Mail, the National Post, or both, stating that several hundred Canadians were detained by the Chinese government for short periods of time. Yes, they were released, but it shows that obviously Canada, like other Western democracies, are being targeted. We see the issue, as you brought up, with Huawei and the 5G technology and the fact that Meng Wanzhou is still you know, is still basically a huge fight between the U.S., China, involving Canada. You know, she's been under house arrest in Vancouver since late 2018, although the house arrest is this mansion that most of us could probably never afford. So she's living in the lap of luxury while she waits. But this is a woman who basically is the CEO of Huawei Technologies, one of the biggest companies in the world, and the first to introduce a 5G network. And she's, and, you know, the, basically the CIA, the FBI, CSIS, the RCMP, and others have all suggested, according to their reporting and their analysis, that she actually dealt with and possibly sold technology to other, you know, let's say totalitarian nations, including Russia, Iran, and others. I mean, that is just vile. I mean, that's, that makes her almost literally, by any other interpretation, either doing things illegally or criminal. And unfortunately, you know, that's become a bit of a bargaining ploy as well. As You know, you probably saw the story a week or two ago where there was some pretty serious discussion coming out 
that the U.S. was going to try to trade the two Michaels for Meng Wanzhou. But I guess either one, that has stalled, or two, it never quite went to the point that the Wall Street Journal and other publications who were reporting at the time thought it did. But either or, when you put all these things together and all the problems that we've had with China lately, you know, it just, talking tough is nice. Obviously, it wins you brownie points in politics. And Justin Trudeau and his senior liberal staff are probably all clapping their hands with glee that they said this. But where were they a few years ago? And where had they really been all this time? You know, they've used language or crafted like disappointed, displeased. That's not language. That's basically a child throwing a little ball at someone that they're disappointed. No. You have to actually talk tougher and you have to actually act in a far more firm and and at least strong, even-handed manner to the sense that you can obviously make strong points about how angry you are, but at the same time you also have to align with other countries in the world to ensure that something happens to China. This is the problem that we're seeing with China. We, you know, we know how powerful they are. They're a huge economic power. They're a huge military power. No one's denying any of that. But at the same time, they have caused major problems for our country, for the United States, the UK, Germany, France, Japan, the rest of the world. Plus, look where a lot of these recent pandemics, including COVID-19, have come out of. Whether you like it or not, they haven't been coming out of Finland. They haven't been coming out of Zimbabwe. They've been coming out of China. And you have to put all that together and say to yourself, it's nice that Justin Trudeau is doing this now, but it's too little too late. He should have been doing this years ago. Uh, and uh, it was um, uh, Clerk of the Purdy, Purdy Council, Shugard, who was in this role when this situation was going down. So now that he's in the seat of the Privy Council, the Clerk of the Privy Council, what, what, how does that influence things? And, and another question, rather than that, you know, obviously recent polling says the Canadians are incredibly upset with China uh, in a post-COVID-19 mm-hmm. world. Uh, 80, 90 percent of Canadians do not have a favorable view of China. How does the Prime Minister balance that with his obvious affection for this country? Yes, I've seen one poll. It's 90 plus. I've seen one poll where only 7% of Canadians are content with China. 7%. It's in single digits. Even To give some perspective, even Donald Trump didn't hold numbers like that in this country. He was still in double digits. That's really, really low. But again, you know, without continuing to harp on it or just repeat things like a broken record, we understand why and we know why because of all the issues that Canada has faced with China and that the world has faced with China. When you put it all together, no, again, no one denies how powerful China is and how far they've come over the past few decades. But they are very, you know, they keep to themselves. They don't like to discuss things. They don't like to have relations with countries outside the perimeters of their political ideology and all that. They are often very secretive with the way they handle things. They make alliances with powerful companies or others, or quite frankly, these companies that are in China make alliances with them to ensure that they're in the communist government's good graces. And that gives the Chinese communists access to so many potential things. Access, you know, to security elements, to safety elements, to health elements, to political elements, to economic elements. The, the Chinese government in Canada, uh, sorry, the Chinese government is tied to so many different things. And when all that comes pushed to shove, doesn't it make some sense, as you and I have talked about, 
that the UK government decided to ban Huawei from being sold in their part of the world, in their country. You cannot buy Huawei products in the UK. And remember, Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister there, who is a small-c conservative who believes in the free market, believes in private enterprise, and he doesn't want them around because of what he's read in terms of fear towards safety and security. Huawei is indelibly tied to China. There are, there are no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Yeah. You can bring as many Huawei representatives as you want on your show and other shows and say otherwise. It's all there. It's all been clear, and it's been known for decades. This is nothing new. So, of course, Canadians are frustrated with China. Of mm. course, they don't trust China because there's nothing to trust them about. There's nothing that they actually are saying that is justified any longer, and nothing they're doing or saying or acting, etc., is believable. And without believability, you cannot have a relationship of any sort mm. with China. And trust me, it's not just Canada who feels that way, although that poll, you're quite right, is, is pretty current. There are many other countries and many other Western democracies around the world who feel exactly the same way. Don't be surprised, though. Sorry. i got to cut you off there, Michael. Okay, we are plumb out of time. Michael Tobe has been with us, Troy Media Syndicated columnist and contributor to The Washington Times. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.